Hello and welcome to the Fishing Guide Podcast. I'm your host. And today we have a special guest. And I have to say first, we are uh, we're at the Bucks and Bass. Did I get that right? Buck and Bass. I got it right. You got it right. I'm pretty happy about that. I usually get it backwards because I'm so excited about bass fishing and mm-hmm. bass anglers. Ryan, tell them who you are. My name is Ryan Salzman. I started out my pro career on the pro circuit side on FLW, now Major League Fishing. Right. And uh, last year, I finished third in Angler of the Year, which qualified me for the Bass Pro Tour. So here we are, fishing my rookie season on the Bass Pro Tour in Major League Fishing and loving it. So a lot of people think this is an easy step. Like, boy, I'm just going to go become a pro. <laughs> let's, let's hear a little bit about, like, your history. How did how this all come about? So when I was 11 years old, I saw my first tournament on television. It was right. the Outdoor Channel. It was an FLW, and I, I think it might have been Smith Lake. Uh, Scott Canterbury was catching him on a buzzbait or something like that, you know, back right. when he was in his rookie season. And I told my mom, I said, I want to fish for a living. And she kind of laughed and said, you're going to get a real job, you know, to right. what every 11-year-old says. And that dream just never died. Um, I just learned as much as I could about fishing, and I was obsessed with bass fishing. I Kids wanted to go play. I wanted to go fish. And it just carried over into college. Um, I joined the military, and that was kind of my path to get to where I am. I could never right. be where I am without joining the military because it paid for my school. Right. And allowed me to get uh, some of the VA benefits that allowed me to get a home and whatnot in health care. So that was an important phase of my life. And uh, I went to the National Guard and started guiding in 2011. Right. Out of active duty and continued my service along with guiding. And then I started, it was Alabama Bass Guide. And basically guided on Pickwick, Wheeler, Wilson, and Guntersville. Um, majority of the time being Guntersville and Pickwick with different tournament trips on Wheeler and Wilson for locals and did that for about five six years fishing BFLs when I finally won my first BFL in 2015 on Gunnersville, it was my biggest string I've ever weighed in any tournament till this date it was like 32 pounds wow. something ounces and it was ironically the same year I launched my swim bait company right and I was using my swim baits to catch them and that's when I knew I had something special with true bass swim baits um and it just everything just kept growing from there you know Gunnersville's known for a swim bait lake, so right. guiding would throw the swim baits, catch a lot of fish. Pickwick, the smallmouth, love them. And, yeah, fast forward a few years, I jumped into the Costas, did real well, qualified for the Cup. Right. I was the highest finisher at the championship, which was on Gunnersville that year. <laughs> I finished, like, 11th, and I was the highest finisher out of Central, which qualified for me for the Cup. And at the same time, I qualified for the Pro Circuit that year. And then I double qualified for the Cup. And... Made a top 10 there. Um, then jumped to my second year, had a, had the sophomore slump. Right. Man, and it was tough. It was it was like, do you want this or not? You know, I made one $10,000 check that year, was losing money. And um, I basically had to guide every single day in between tournaments to make a living that year. Wow. So anyone that's fishing um, or thinking about becoming a, a professional fisherman, definitely don't quit your job. Right, exactly. You're not even, even, yes. Even until right. you're five years in, six years in, I wouldn't even think about quitting your, like, have another source of income. Right. Because you really got to be one of the top 1% of pros. That's right. That's such a misnomer that people yeah. come in. And, and, of course, I get to go with all you great guides and mm-hmm. professional anglers. And, and everyone's usually got something at home, their yep. family business or something that they have that they work because mm-hmm. it's a tough 
it's a tough road to get to that 1% that's up there. But there are people like you that are rockets that are getting to that 1%. I'm very blessed, man. I couldn't, I mean, I've just been so blessed. Um, I feel like you have to kind of have a knack for it too. Um, right. Some people can fish every day. Like every, like I'm not ever going to be a great piano player. I don't have that in me. Right. So, but you're never going to know if you have that, that level in you until you go for it. You know, right. and try your hand at it. So when you do go for it, you really have to go all in, you know, while holding on to a job. So it's very demanding. But if you love the sport enough, you'll make it happen. Yeah. So the you started a bait business. How did that all happen? Were you tinkering with, uh, with some other baits? And then you're like, hey, I need to make one that is for me, one that works better. Because there's always something, you know something we all know all anglers tinker with with lures it doesn't matter if they're you know old original wiggle warts people yep. are still messing with but there's something that makes lures special and i happen to have a, a couple pictures of you just like a couple weeks ago or a week ago mm-hmm. i guess and you're holding up to a very big small mouth mm-hmm. and uh, so tell us uh, lure company and and kind of that design that you came up with so I never planned on being a lure designer or a manufacturer. Um, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit because right. when I was growing up, a lot of my family lives in Wisconsin. And in the summers, I would go work with them, and my uncle owns a greenhouse business. So when I would go with, uh, spend my summers with him, he would carry me to farmer's market, and I would sell flowers, and I'd be wheeling right. and dealing, just selling things. <laughs> and I kind of enjoyed that freedom of just business and interaction. Right. So. Early on, I kind of developed that entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I did tinker with baits a little bit, but I was no, like, bait hound, you know. Right. So how the real story of how True Bass started was Hippo Baits, Hippo Swim Baits, had this big 7.5 swim bait that we were wrecking them on Pickwick with before big swim baits were a thing in the South. Right. And I got deployed the year after I found that. And fast forward a year and a half, I come back from deployment, I can't wait to go catch them on my swim bait. And the company right. goes out of business. So oh, I had like four good. baits left. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm distraught. I'm like, cause <laughs> when you got bit, it was a five to seven pounder. And right. we were getting, in the summer, we'd win about everything on them. So when you win as an angler, you're like, I would need this for myself. Right. So <laughs> I searched every manufacturer in China to see if they would make it. And I found one. And it was going great. They had all the specs. And I went to order it. I was like, this is just for me and my right. buddies, you know. And they told me, all right, that'll be minimum order of a 1,000 of color. I went, I spit up my coffee. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. There's no way I'm, I can do that right. financially. It doesn't make sense. So I said, well, let me think about it. I said, I came up with a business plan. I said, all right, I'm going to sell these. But if I'm going to sell them, I need to design a smaller version. So that's where the design process come in, realizing to, do, to get the big swim bait I wanted, I needed to to design something to go with it. So that's kind of where the Little Head 4.5 was born, which is the best swim bait I think has ever been made just via a company. Right. Uh, it's, it's different. It's a different hollow body swim bait if you're listening. It's got a more tr- tight action. It's like a finesse hollow body. You know, Shad have a really tight swimming action when, when they swim. Um, a Shadowlicious, a Bass Tricks, a Zoom, all kind of have an exaggerated left and right wobble. Right. And the True Bass just turns on its axis really tight and has a nice tail kick back there. looks extremely natural. Um, 
So I've just expanded off of the 4.5, and I took a $20,000 loan for the initial order, and I have flipped that ever since and just kept it growing. It's slow and steady. You know, every time order a little more and order a little more, and we don't keep them in stock. So we're now, um, we should hopefully hit a million dollars this year, and that would be great. Wow. Yeah. So you got to get this ask a 100 times at least a year, if not more, at least once a day. Can you make a special color for me? <laughs> I do hear I it a lot. I got a special color. You make me a special color, Ryan. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, hey, you know what? Go get a good Sharpie. <laughs> color it all you want. But that, so we, we did do a custom color um, for Gunnersville. Oh, all right. And I named it after Rex Chambers. Um, he passed away yeah. a few years ago. Yep. Heart attack, great angler in the area. Um it's kind of that lavender. Um, Twig Jen's actually made the color, Royal Shad in uh-huh. a trap. It's basically a Royal Shad swim bait. Right. So it's purple on top. It has the white side and a little bit of chartreuse on the belly. And we made it specifically for Gunnersville. But um, I kind of have two versions of it. I have a loud white right. for base, and then I have an opaque. So we have Rexy and Sexy Rexy. Oh, there so there's the two. That was the one custom one that we did. How many colors do you have? Mm-hmm. I think 12 to 14. 12 to 14? Yeah. Didn't know I was going to throw you under the bus there for color. You know, I don't even keep count because i just like, I want that, I make it. I want that, I make it. I I should probably go in there and count, but off the top, we could have 15. I don't know, but we have, you know, the black and blues, green pumpkins. Um, We have a golden shiner looking color, and then every color in between for a shad to like a blueback herring and just a loud, bright citrus color one, like a crankbait, and that one's called citron. That's the one you saw me throwing in the horseshoe. Right. It's a very loud, bright colored, and those smallmouths, yeah, they really it. like it. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it from a long way. Yeah, you can away. see it's like glowing, like a little highlighter just flying through the air. Let's talk about your guide service because you do multiple lakes. So mm-hmm. tell them where, like, normally you, you guide in between fishing uh, the tournaments. Yep. So the main two lakes I guide on are Lake Gunnersville and Pickwick Lake. Right now in the spring, I tend to gravitate between Gunnersville rattle trap fishing right. and fishing below Wilson Dam for smallmouth. Now, if I wasn't fishing the Bass Pro Tour, I would basically be on Pickwick Lake for smallmouth guiding for the next three to four weeks. Basically, right. mid-March through mid-late April is prime time for smallmouth. So if you ever want to go smallmouth fishing on Pickwick and Wilson Lake, that is the time. They're feeding up before the spawn, right. and they go on the spawn, and then you can start throwing those more finesse baits and catching them off the bed. You're not visibly sight fishing them, right? but you know you're catching them off their beds off boulders. Hmm. So that's pretty that's much what we do um, in the springtime. The rest, I kind of transition more towards Gunnersville for the rest of the year. Ledge fishing, I do a lot on Pickwick Lake. Uh-huh. Um, I do a lot of tournament trips on Wheeler. It's not a premier guide lake, but I will tell you that lake is stronger one of the strongest lakes on the Tennessee River now. Right. Um, the grass came back about three years ago. And the grass is everything, is it? Everything. That's what counts. Twenty. So 23 pounds won a local Gunnersville tournament the other day, and 24 pounds won a Wheeler tournament. Wow. All largemouth. And then I think Randy Howe went and caught like 25 pounds of smallmouth right before this tournament <laughs> with his wife. I was, oh, my god. Yeah, gosh. I saw some yeah. of the pictures. Oh, of man, they were whacking them. It's crazy. That is crazy. So... Um, tell us some more about uh, about fishing, uh, say, Pickwick or Gunnersville that, that might be helpful to someone who's watching this and trying to pick up some tips on fishing 
Pickwick and, and fishing Gunnersville. So Pickwick, the biggest tip I can give you is to look at the water level and at the time of year you're going. Uh, in the winter, they do a winter pool, which is like a drawdown, right? which is what we're in now. And the reason they do it is because all the flooding we get. Like you saw at the dam the other day, yep. all the floodgates were on. If they didn't do that, the lake would severely flood. So look at the water level and the time of year. So the, the, they raise the water level on Pickwick mid-April. So uh-huh. the bass usually hold off on spawning until it comes up. So right at mid-April, if you see that water come up and you're here, go to the bank because those bass are going to move up with the water. And same thing in the fall. If you go there in the fall, there's a winter drawdown in mid-October. Right. So when they draw down on October 15th, those bass are going to pull out offshore. And this this piece of advice is going to help you find fish a lot quicker than if you didn't know that. Right. Um, it affects a lot of the fishing there. This is water level and, you know, floods and what have you. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy out there. Two great reservoirs to fish mm-hmm. though. Yep. Like Gunnersville, the best thing I can tell you is fish the grass and cover water. Pick a confidence bait, you know, whether it be a chatter bait, a swim bait, and just get on a grass line and go. There you go. That's what, right. Those are some great tips. That takes us to uh, tackle time. Tackle time is sponsored by Pico Lures. Of course, they have a full line of uh, hard baits, soft baits, and uh, they have a line of crappie baits that uh, you got to check out and uh, jig head. So check them out at picolures.com. Let's talk about uh, where they can find your products if they want to uh, find and purchase yours. I know that even the best have to buy your uh, baits, but that's probably just a rumor that I heard. It's not. Um, So when I first started the company, (laughs) Skeet Reese won a tournament on Gunnersville. He was using a Bass Tricks a little bit, but I have a feeling he might have been using a True Bass because I have an order for like $250 worth of them before the tournament. So I was looking, is he around here? But no, yeah. I don't think he would deny it, but yeah, um, his brother Jimmy, I was giving him some heck the other day. He was like, I don't have any swim baits. I said, well, go buy them. <laughs> I was in the boat. It was so funny. I was like dying. Oh, my gosh. But I'm like, Ryan's yelling all the way across, like every boat, like in the horseshoes, <laughs> like staring at these two boats that are the guys yelling at him to buy a bait. He's like, you got any baits? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, they're a hot commodity on Pickwick because... If, no, I'm not letting go of mine because they'll be sold out here in a month, and I can't get them. So go buy them while you can, you know. But you can find them on trueswimbaits.com or Tackle Warehouse. Or if you're in Gunnersville and Pickwick, all the local stores have them, like Gunnersville Tackle Outdoors okay. or Waterfront. Um, Perkins Outdoors carries them also on Pickwick if you're in that area. Okay. And then how about your guide service if they want to uh, – um hook up with your guide service and go, uh, how do they get in touch with you? So uh, if you can all, I have a contact form on alabamabassguide.com, but you can also reach me through Instagram. It's albassguide underscore meme lord. I'll say that again, albassguide underscore meme lord. And that kind of, there's a good story to that. Tell us. Okay, so I got pretty sick with the flu one year. and I couldn't fish for like two weeks. Right. And I was just bedridden and all I, I wanted to keep my social media going. So I started posting memes every day, and um, people got used to my memes, and right. I put them on my story and posts. So when I got better and quit posting them, people got upset. They're like, where's our memes? They're like, you're right. my meme dealer. And Jordan Lee called me out. You know, at the time I hadn't made it big, you know, to the big right. stage yet. And a two-time classic winner told me I should change my name to Meme Lord. So I, I listened to Jordan Lee, and I changed my name to Meme Lord. 
And there you have it. That's, that's it. That's how it happens. Yep. Uh, man, what a great show. I so appreciate you uh, coming to the uh, Buck and Bass booth and yep. uh, and hanging out, but also doing the show. Will is over there. He's hanging. Uh, he's We're waving over to him. <laughs> uh, like I always like to uh, end the show, make sure you keep your hooks sharp and your lures in the water. Tight lines. <laughs>